You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Sowell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, man. Man, what's crack a lagging, baby? What's crack a It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Even as some states move toward reopening their economies, there are those who say they are not moving fast enough. In Texas, Governor Greg Abbott is reopening in phases with restrictions on surgery, state parks, and retail businesses set to be loosened this week. But hundreds of protesters gathered this weekend in Austin to urge him to move more quickly. Saturday's protest in Austin was among many demonstrations taking place around the country against coronavirus lockdowns. In Hawaii, Governor David Ige is extending his state's stay-at-home order through May 31st. He announced his decision at a news conference Saturday and included the mandatory quarantine for visitors. He gave word of undoing Hawaii's progress in containing the virus if public places open up too early. New York is expanding its COVID-19 testing program to cover medical personnel and other essential workers who may be infected. Governor Andrew Cuomo says people on the front lines need to know if they are contagious, as North Country Public Radio's Brian Mann reports. While most New Yorkers have sheltered at home over the last two months, thousands of people continue to go to work to keep essential services running, things like hospitals, grocery stores, and public transportation. Cuomo says there's now enough COVID-19 testing capacity to find out how many of those people are infected, even if they're not showing symptoms. These people have been carrying the load, and they have been subjected to the public all during this crisis, and because they're public-facing. 
if they're infected, they could possibly spread it to a large number of people. New York is now blood testing at four New York City hospitals to find out how many medical workers have developed antibodies for COVID-19, though it remains unclear whether that could protect people from becoming sick again. Brian Mann, NPR News, New York. Controlling inflation has been the main priority of the Federal Reserve and other central bankers for decades, but Steve Beckner reports the sharp economic downturn from the pandemic is raising another concern. As the Fed vastly expanded money and credit, while the federal government did unprecedented deficit spending to support the economy, some warned inflation could take off once recovery comes. But for now, a different danger has been highlighted by the steep drop in oil prices. Barclays economist Michael Gapin says weak demand for goods and services, soaring unemployment and wage cuts are shifting risks toward deflation. Falling prices might sound good, but that could reinforce recession as people delay spending in anticipation of lower prices. Debts become costlier to repay, and central bankers fear it will become even harder to stimulate the economy as interest rates plunge. For NPR News, I'm Steve Beckner. And from Washington, you're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on the serious side. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light. And I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you can test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute, and is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs, so it'd be interesting to check that, so that you're gonna have to use medical doctors with, but it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. Can you clarify your comments about injections of disinfectant, they're, they're quite provocative. No, I was asking a question sarcastically to reporters like you just to see what would happen. Now, disinfectant for doing this, maybe on the hands, would work. And I was asking the question of the gentleman who was there yesterday, Bill, because when they say that something will last three or four hours or six hours, but if the sun is out or if they use disinfectant, it goes away in less than a minute. Did you hear about this yesterday? But I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside. As soon as the Senate acts, McConnell turns around and says, I'm not going to do it. The state should declare bankruptcy. Bail out to the blue states. Bail out to the blue states. Again, the most un-American, uncharitable, ugly statement of all times. Bail out New York. You're not bailing out New York. New York has bailed you out every year. It's bailed you out. Mitch McConnell is a taker, not a giver. New York is a state of givers. We put more money into the federal pot every year. We're the number one state 
in donating to the federal pot. Number one, Kentucky is the number three state in taking from the federal pot. They take out more from the federal pot than they put in. Every year, every year. So they were literally, we were putting money into the pot, they were taking our dollars out of the pot. And now he wants to look at New York and say, we're bailing you out? You're bailing us out. Just give me my money back, Senator. Just give me my money back. Hmm. Um, I know that your husband is in the process of considering a running mate. Well, then I have a suggestion. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is just off the top of my head. Maybe former First Lady Michelle Obama? <laughs> you know, I'd love it if Michelle would agree to it. But, I, you know, I think she's had it with politics. I don't know. She's so good at everything she does. That would, that would be wonderful. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wilde Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Wilde. Good morning. I'm Jay Rao, and welcome to the serious side. And here are the topics that we'll be discussing today, April 26th, on the show. Clorox and the American president. The president of the United States suggested to his medical experts the possibility of shining UV light and injecting people with disinfectant as a possible cure for COVID-19. No, folks, I'm not making this up. This is not satire. Wow. Let him go bankrupt. Kentucky's grim reaper Mitch McConnell suggested that the U.S. government should just allow states to go bankrupt. And as you heard in the opening, Governor Andrew Cuomo had a few choice words for this ridiculous statement by a ridiculous man. And the dream team, Obama, Biden, Obama, 2020? Hmm, you just heard Jill Biden ask when she was asked a question about the possibility of Michelle Obama being a running mate for a husband, and her response was, it would be fantastic. But here's the question, is it a reality? We'll discuss this and more coming up right here on the serious side. But before we get into the show, I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, dedicate this show uh, to a man who has uh, meant so much to me. Today's show is dedicated to my pops, Mr. Curtis Nobles senior who passed away last night at the age of 85. You know, the thing is that this man was not my birth father. and uh, He wasn't married to my mother for a very long time, but he continued to fill that role for the next 47 years of my life. <laughs> he uh, taught me how to cave. Uh, he made my first pair of nunchucks from a uh, broom and some electrical tape. <laughs> Took me to see my first kung fu movie. And he continued to send my daughters money and things on their birthdays. And so I just want to take this opportunity to say, Pops, I miss you. I love you. You're in a better place, man. Until we meet again, I love you with all of my heart. And I can't wait to see you again. We'll be right back after this. Just want to tell you 
has new reporting on how an early government-backed effort to fight COVID-19 ultimately failed. In February, the CDC announced this plan. Six cities would test patients with mild symptoms to see if the virus was spreading in those communities. The results would serve as basically an early warning system. But NPR found that project took a month or more to get going in many cities while the virus was spreading. NPR science correspondent Lauren Summer has been looking into exactly what happened. Good morning, Lauren. Morning. Tell me what you found out about this CDC plan. Yeah, so these cities and the ones that the CDC announced in mid-February were Chicago, Los Angeles, New York, San Francisco, Seattle, and Honolulu was added a little bit later. They all work with the CDC already to track the flu. They have an existing surveillance system for testing patients to see what flu strains are out there. So the idea was to piggyback on that system to speed things up and run some of those patient samples for coronavirus too. It's what's known as sentinel surveillance. Sentinel surveillance. So who would have been tested? Yeah, these would be patients with mild respiratory symptoms, but they didn't meet the CDC guidelines for testing at the time. This was when coronavirus testing was extremely limited. That's because most states couldn't run the CDC tests because of problems with the test kit. So there was a lot of concern that if people were getting coronavirus in their communities, it would go undetected because almost nobody could get a test. So let me ask you, this was six cities kind of as test cases. What role was the surveillance supposed to play in a full-on national response? Well, it was supposed to be a proactive way to look for the virus. That's what the CDC said about a month after they announced these cities. Um, CDC Director Robert Redfield and Dr. Anthony Fauci testified in front of a House committee that the surveillance testing was already underway. That's trying to get a feel for what's out there. And that's what the CDC is doing now in six sentinel cities, and they will expand that throughout the country. But the day he said that, only one of those cities actually had any test results from these surveillance projects. Oh, that's interesting. Why was it only one city? Yeah, well, a good one to look at is maybe Los Angeles. County health officials there were in discussions with a hospital to do this testing on mildly symptomatic patients. Um, but Dr. Prabhu Gounder of the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health told me that the hospital's board declined to be part of it. We only had one confirmed COVID-19 case in L.A. County, and they were concerned that if the second case in L.A. County was linked to this hospital, that uh, there would be a certain stigma that would uh, potentially be bad for the hospital. 
He says that the hospital was concerned that patients would be anxious and avoid the hospital. Now, county health officials declined to name this hospital because they said they agreed to keep discussions confidential. Okay, so that's L.A. That's one city. What happened with testing in the other five? Well, most of them also struggled to get it going. Um, For example, New York City didn't get results from its Sentinel testing until March 31st. I couldn't get more information about why it took so long there. I mean, the city's public health department is is overwhelmed right now. But at that point, the testing was too late to be useful. There were already 40,000 cases. Seattle tried to get going in February, too, using an academic lab, but the CDC didn't approve it at the time, and it took another month to get started. If this had worked on time, would it have saved lives? I mean, it's a good question. It's hard to say. The CDC told me it doesn't think so, and the delays happened because it was dealing with a new virus. But from what I've found, it's clear that having this hard data about community spread, it spurred cities to act. And epidemiologists say weeks, even days, could make a difference in preventing medical systems from being overwhelmed. NPR science reporter Lauren Summer. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. And uh, I'm taking over for a minute while Jay takes care of some business. But like Jay always says, this is a family event and we never shut the stage alone. So I'm going to introduce you to a lady that I love so dearly and that uh, every time I come to Houston, she treats me just like a brother. So good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, man. I am... It just hurts me so to hear Jay hurt so bad. Yeah. And I hurt when y'all hurt because I don't think people realize how close we are. And your goddaughter is taking it um, pretty hard. And I just hurt for her and what she was saying last night. And um, it's real hard for me to be at a loss for words, but my, my condolences are to the entire family and my love. And Bobby's love, and Bobby told me to tell Jay, I'm he was sorry to hear about his dad. It goes out to um, Jay and his family. And um, I'm just glad to be here this morning um, because you know the corona's taking people away. And yes. I'm just glad to hear your voice, and I'm glad to hear everybody's voice that lets you know everybody's all right. Yes, yes. Thank you, dear. I appreciate it. And and this lady, you know, my sorority sister, she's she's battling the coronavirus, and she's a she's a nurse, she's a lawyer, she's a great friend. And you know, I just I love I love my family. So I like to introduce you to the lovely Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen Williams. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Vanessa. I good morning. I know. 
Good morning, sweetheart. You know, just thank God I am doing well. And um, this coupling with Vanessa's sentimentum with yours, uh, my condolences to Jay, to the entire family. It was it was hard to hear him, and beautiful at the same time, to hear him honoring his father, um, a man who you could tell had so much love in his heart and um, adoration for his family and, uh, you know, for Jay's daughters and everything. So it's, it's uh, you know, parting is just such sweet sorrow, you know. And um, I send my love out to, to Jay, to the entire family. And, um, you know, if we have a moment later on, I would love to offer some prayers for the family and for his transition. Most, most definitely, most definitely. But I'm, you know, glad you wow. and I'm glad to be here with you this morning. Yes, I was going to ask, Kathleen, how, how are you? Praise here? God. Praise God. I am feeling so much better. Um, the mm. only lingering symptom I have is no taste or smell. Um, but aside from that, I'm feeling better, um, you know, a lot more energy than I had before. Um, you know, I haven't been out yet you know, formally like out moving around so I can't tell that but I you know, as I'm moving throughout the house I'm getting back into a routine now. So I'm excited and looking forward to getting antibody testing so that I can mm-hmm. um get back out and, and get back to work. Okay. Okay, well that's good to hear. Yeah, that's that's great to hear. So uh you know, uh we got we do have to go on with the show and uh First up on the show, <laughs> I. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you can test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that, too. Sounds interesting. Right, and then I see the disinfectant, where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs, and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that. So that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds it sounds interesting to me your comments about injections of disinfectant. They're, they're quite no, provocative. No, I was asking a question sarcastically to reporters like you just to see what would happen. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I, I, you know, some, I usually get the first word on this one, but I, I'm going to refer to the medical professional we have on the phone with us and somebody that survived this COVID, Kathleen, um, wow, wow, <laughs> Kathleen, um, do you honestly think that this guy was being, uh, in the more words of, uh, uh, cameo facetious when he said that, or he was just being sarcastic, or do you think he was being serious? I mean, expound on that a little bit more for me, Kathleen, because I, I, I took it that he was being serious, so... Kathleen, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I looked at it wrong. What do you think, Kathleen? <laughs> well, listen, far be 
be it for me to think that I can psychoanalyze a psychotic. So I'm not even going to try and go there, right? But if we just have to look at this person from the, you know, the history that we have with him, we know when this man is being sarcastic. We know because, he, you know, he can't even help himself. He's going to, you know, make snide remarks. He's going to be laughing. He's going to be doing gestures and all that stuff. But when he has that other tone that he had when he was explaining this, it would be in, it would be really interesting for us to look at it. You know, when nobody in their right mind would think you're being sarcastic. When you when he's speaking in that tone, he really feels like he's being so amazingly smart in that moment. I am going to now teach the scientists and the medical professionals something they obviously never thought of. It's just so common sense. If the UV lights and disinfectants can kill it on the surface, then there's got to be a way to transform that into something internal so we can just kill the virus immediately. I am the most brilliant man on earth, right? And then when they tell him, no, you're an idiot. It's like, so sorry. Okay. You're a psychotic and you need medical attention for your mental health, then he comes back and he says, oh, I was just being sarcastic. You guys are the crazy ones. You thought I was being serious about something so ridiculous. You know, this is like a a bad movie, right? Wow. This is like a bad movie with this guy. He is every minute of every day. Okay, I, I won't take too much more time, but I'm telling you something. When I was doing my clinical rotation in psychiatry, working with the client, I had to come home and debrief every day because one of the things that would happen is they have the innate ability and unique ability to make you think you're crazy, right? And this is what this feels like. This man wants the rest of us to think we're crazy. So that he mm. can just go wow. ahead and continue to run the country into the ground. Yes, and I, I, I was amazed that uh, that his followers, uh, that his followers were, um, you know, <laughs> they, they're, they're defending this. They're defending this, Vanessa. I mean, I, I you know, you're, you're, I, I watch some of your posts on Facebook. So I laugh at them, but some of his followers are defending this. One, one, one guy came out and said, yeah, we could, you can put ultraviolet light in the body. And see, Trump was right. I thought to myself, wow. You know, you know, I, it, it was unbelievable. It, it's unbelievable that people would still back this guy. But, hey, it is what it is. And that's your thoughts. I mean, this is, did you think he was being sarcastic? Or did you think that he was being serious? Well, first of all, <laughs> First of all, he lied because he was not talking to the reporter. When he said, I was talking to a reporter and I was being sarcastic, a reporter like you, he was telling a story. He was telling a story because he actually was talking to the doctor and was asking mm-hmm. the doctors, can we not figure out a way to use this with lighting? Can we not figure out a way with, you know, to use this? He was talking to the doctors. He wasn't even talking to the reporters. And he was serious, just like uh, Ms. Kathleen said. He had that tone where he was trying to be presidential, while he was making a fool out of himself. And and people catch stuff. So that doctor who wears those $500 scarves around her neck, 
she looked at him like he was crazy. You people posted her expression. So for people to be on my Facebook page and even with some of my cohorts Facebook page saying, Y'all are just putting that out there, y'all are making this up and then we're we're like, No, we're not, here's the clip. I just cannot believe that people are supporting him and, and believing mm-hmm. what he says. Like, people believe that medication that he said, and one man died and the wife was in intensive care. These people mm-hmm. are listening to this idiot. And so that's why Lysol of Disinfecting Company and the Clorox spoke had to come out and make a statement. You cannot ingest this stuff. You can't drink it. You can't IV it. You can't, I mean, because people are listening to them. They're listening to Trump. So I think he's an idiot, and I, I think the Republicans are sick of him, and I've had the Republican side message me and say, it's getting to the point I can't support him any longer. So I, I couldn't believe it when some SWA people were saying that to me. I can't, I can't support him any longer because I think he's crazy. So, you know, God bless this country, and everybody needs to continue to pray because we do have... Um, a crazy person leading the White House. Miss Kathleen, he said on one interview, my uncle worked at MIT for 20 years. So what? Who cares? Well, I remember. Who cares? Who cares where your uncle worked? You didn't work there. I mean, your daddy bought your degree. You know, your daddy bought your degree. So I don't know who he thinks is falling for that. I just don't. I, I don't know. Insane. You know what I wanted to ask you, Mr. Elias, I just really quickly, um, a friend of mine who's a doctor uh, let me know that the day after he made that statement, that the numbers of the number of calls they yes. got through poison control skyrocketed. Yeah. So not only yeah, did people it. take him seriously if he was being sarcastic, it caused it, uh, now here we're dealing with corona and the medical uh, industry, you know, hospitals and so on and so forth are already inundated with client patients who are dealing with this coronavirus. Still, even though they're trying to talk about flattened curves and all that, flattened curves and all that stuff, we are still in a crisis. People are still battling with this. Healthcare workers mm-hmm. are still overwhelmed, but now they have to deal with people drinking Lysol and Clorox. Because the president recklessly got on television and, and put this nonsense out there, I just will be so happy when his reign in the White his reign of terror in the White House is over. You, you know, Kathleen, now that you brought that up, um, that that's what really got me is that Clorox and Lysol had to come out and say that, hey, look, folks don't. Don't drink this. You didn't have enough common sense to know not to drink this? Wow. And, you know, looking in the chat room, of course, you know, his his loyal supporters, followers, like like Easy, said that he was being sarcastic. He wasn't serious. Yeah, well, whatever. You can laugh at this cat all you want to. But he was being serious because he... He was talking about putting ultraviolet light inside of your body. Then I watched his brother on on one of the, the news clips that says, yeah, it could be done, but yeah, it could be anything can be done. 
But how harmful is that ultraviolet light to the inside of your body? How harmful is Clorox and disinfectant to the inside of your body? This is unbelievable. It's unprecedented. And why would the president of the United States in a serious time like this make sarcastic remarks? Why? And, that, and that's the sarcastic? thing, right? Because whether right. whether we whether we think about what if he was serious or not is irrelevant, right? The thing is that mm-hmm. he's being reckless. Reckless. Mm-hmm. And as the yeah. president of the United States, there is no time for sarcasm because especially in an environment like this, you can't you it's just reckless. Dangerous, reckless. Uh, I, I don't even know what else to, to say about him. <laughs> it's just, you know, uh, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss for words. Join the club, Kathleen, because I, I thought to myself, <laughs> how can you make this statement? And even at, at my job, one of the guys at the South Trump, Trump supporter said, I, I can't believe he said that. I said, oh, I can. I really can't believe he said it because this is, this is who he is, man. And you support this crap. You support this ridiculous man who's who's going to say you can you can shoot yourself with Clorox or you can some maybe we can find a way to put the ultraviolet lights inside of you and and get rid of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, trust me, you don't want to do any of that. I watched a lot of uh, guys that, that from the from the CDC and a lot of guys that the medical doctors like. They just they just shook their head. They couldn't believe he was saying that stuff. And for him to come out the next day and say I was being sarcastic, he pointed. And then what got me is when he said I was pointing that towards reporters. No, you were talking to your medical doctors on the side. Absolutely. I, uh, you were talking to these people. You were not talking to any reporter. You were talking to your medical doctors, saying that yeah, we, we're looking to that heart. You weren't asking a reporter a question. You know. Wow, but that, you know, it's unbelievable. I I cannot believe that some of these people are putting their careers on the line, backing and supporting him. I wonder yes. if they realize that one day this too shall end, and uh, people are going to remember that they backed the president in his lives. Now, he wanted uh, that female doctor to back him on saying that the virus wasn't going to come back the other day. And he wanted Fauci to say it. And Fauci got up there and said, oh, this is definitely coming back. I almost fell out of my kitchen chair. (laughs) I was screaming. I could not believe when he said, yeah, Dr. Fauci, come on up here and, and tell them that this is not coming back. They're supposed to be, it's not coming back. Dr. Fauci walked up there and looked up at a man and said, oh, it's definitely coming back. Now, how strong mm. is it? We don't know. But it's definitely coming back. I just couldn't believe it. And so he called the lady back up there to try to get, she said, well, you know, we just don't know. We just don't know. And I'm like, okay, you're trying to save your career. So, yeah. you know, I just I just don't know why he wants people in his life. I just don't. And the people that are lying, but wait, the people that are lying for him, people are getting tired of it. Just like Mitch McConnell is two points behind that young lady. People are getting sick of him. People are. Kentucky is definitely getting sick of Mitch McConnell. 
It's about time. All of their lives. <laughs> yeah. It's about it time. It is. Did anybody, she, you know, I didn't do this, but I, oh, oh, sorry. Sorry, Vanessa. I didn't do this, but I'm wondering if this, if anyone has done it, you know, and I don't know if it's been on the news or not, but did anyone follow the money with regards to his statement? Because one thing that is consistent is that everything that um, 45 does is has a dollar relationship, right? It has a relationship to money. So I'm wondering, yes, you know, did we look at did we look at what happened with the stock market after he made those comments? Do we know what his relationship is to the makers of Lysol and Clorox or UV lights or whatever else? And um, they did you know, say, Miss Kathleen, they did follow the money when it came to that um, that pill that he was telling them to take. Yeah, uh, the high, high Yeah, he, they did follow uh-huh. the money with that. Because they found that out that he is. does own a small percentage of stock, but right. not enough to raise any sand about it. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, time for the lifestyle yet. So I don't know if they did it with you know with anything else, but for me with him, it's like look, let's follow the money, let's follow the dollars and see what's happening. Yeah. Absolutely, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Miss Kathleen. Because if 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 nothing else, there's <laughs> The, the call to the CDC and to uh, the poison centers have risen astronomically because of this statement, and you were being sarcastic. You know, I, I to me, I don't see how anybody can follow this guy. I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking in the chat room, and he has a blind sheep in there. This guy is going to follow him no matter what. Easy Friday is a he's a. I want to hear what they're saying, Seth. Please. Please tell us a couple of the comments because I would like to respond. I really would okay. like to respond to them. He says, uh, he says, wow, uh, do you really think he meant for all of us to inject Clorox? Really? Yes, I do. I do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, uh, drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, I gotta, I gotta watch what I say in the chat room. They might think I'm being, I was serious. Watch sarcasm. Yeah, he was being serious. He's asking a doctor a question. You guy, you, you can't like this guy so much that you don't, don't take him seriously. What he was, what he was saying. You know, you know, this this guy Easy Rider is, he's gonna follow this guy to the end of the earth, and he'll jump off a cliff. So with let him. me I respond. Let me respond. Well, my, my my point is why didn't he take the why didn't he why didn't he just take the Clorox and shoot himself up with it? I just no, no, ask. no, no, no. Let's, let's not be let's not be nasty. <laughs> so my response to him is if anyone in his family gets sick, God forbid, with this virus, you need to make sure that your person in your family takes that pill that Donald Trump says kills people with the virus. If you trust your president and what he said so much, like he said, what do you have to lose? Take that mm-hmm. pill, that corona pill or whatever that pill is that he's backing. Since you trust him so much, give it to one of your family members to take that pill. And we'll see just how much you really do trust him. Well, God forbid. You know. <laughs> We, we, we spent enough time on this clown. You know, 
I, I think uh, instead of taking a break, we should just go, since we're running behind, we should just go on to the next segment and, uh, wow, just talk about, you know, what Mitch McConnell said. Because Mitch McConnell... As soon as the Senate acts, McConnell turns around and says, oh, I'm not going to do it. The state should declare bankruptcy. Bail out to the blue states. Bail out to the blue states. Again, the most un-American, uncharitable, uh, uh, ugly statement of all times. Bail out New York. You're not bailing out New York. New York has bailed you out every year. It's bailed you out. Mitch McConnell is a taker, not a giver. New York is a state of givers. We put more money into the federal pot every year with a number one state in donating to the federal pot. Number one, Kentucky is the number three state in taking from the federal pot. They take out more from the federal pot than they put in every year, every year. So they were little, we were putting money into the pot they were taking our dollars out of the pot. And now he wants to look at New York and say, we're bailing you out? You're bailing us out. Just give me my money back, Senator. Just give me my money back. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Yes, 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 yes. We are talking about a despicable human being, Mitch McConnell. This is got to be one of the most despicable human beings in the world. And, um, wow. <laughs> wow. You know, for him to say, let the states go bankrupt while he gives billions and billions and billions of dollars to his donors. And we're getting, we're bailing out airlines, we're bailing out uh, banks, we're bailing out all these people. Uh, these major corporations that that we just gave a tax break to, he's saying, let the state go bankrupt. Vanessa, your thoughts on this? <laughs> okay. Let's start with, let's follow the money trail like Miss Kathleen said a few minutes ago. So Trump fired the man who was supposed to be watching the money he distributed and put somebody else in the place. So the Democrats had to fight with him on making sure that it wasn't him that watched the money trail. So once the money was dispersed out to his cronies, why they bailing out Wall Street, I'll never know. Um, but then they want to bail out the bank. Why are you going to bail out a bank and people are putting money in the bank? Because the same people, businesses that are getting these millions of dollars have to have a bank to put it into. So who got the money? Harvard, Yale. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are people who have sororities and, and organizations and alumni that's going to be putting money in there forever and a day. But you know how they got the money that quick? Because they have bankers' relationships. So they went in and grabbed the money. The only thing Trump did do I will give him credit for this. Is he talked about him so bad on TV that they're giving the money back? 
So if you follow the money, the little pizza parlor on the corner on 7th Street or the little hamburger shop over there on Martin Luther King Boulevard that's been there for 20 years, none of them got the money because they didn't have a banker's relationship for them to get that paperwork put in to grab the money before the little man. So Trump knew that the big wheels was going to get it. Now, what I want to know is, who are the other big wheels that got it that Trump did not call out? Who else got some of that those millions of dollars that didn't get called out? That's his friend. Because I know one thing, Ruth Chris Statehouse most certainly did not need $20 million. No. No, nope. they Chris got Statehouse it. Ruth did not need that money. So you have they to follow the money. It's just like Ms. Kathleen said, you have to follow the money when it comes to Trump. Because he's trying to help people out. And while we're sitting up here following the money, Miss Kathleen, while we're listening to him talk about lifestyle and Clorox and bleach, he's over there letting all his friends get out of jail and be on house arrest. He's got mm. bar over the, yes. He's getting them out on mm. house arrest. And then he's got bar that's trying to get, um, excuse me, pre-existing conditions taken out of insurance policy. And he's stopping people from signing up for Obamacare. So while he's always doing what me and Liz say, a little shiny object over here, because he's over here doing stupid stuff, talking about Lysol and bleach, he's got Mm -hmm. Giuliani doing something. On Biden, mm-hmm. he's got a bar over here trying to take people's pre-existing conditions. Do you know how many people are going to have pre-existing conditions after they've had oh, this on. virus? Mm-hmm. Like Miss Kathleen, you said you have no smell and no taste. Les will tell you I haven't had smell and taste in about four years. I've had three sinus surgeries to try to get mine back, and I still don't have it back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, people are going to be filing disabilities like you would not believe after this virus. Because they're, not, they're, gonna have they're gonna have conditions from it. So he is such mm. I just don't get it. Did y'all know that he blocked Americans that were married to immigrants from getting the stimulus check? Did you see me post that list? When he yes, married he to an immigrant and his immigrant in laws have rooms inside the White House. So let's talk about yeah. that, people in the chat room. <laughs> well, <laughs> wow, Vanessa, you're, you're, I, I can't disagree with anything that you said. Kathleen, um, what do you think? I mean, about uh, Mitch McConnell saying, let the states go bankrupt. He doesn't care. Food states. I don't care about it. What do you, what do you think? Uh, you know what? I think I'm just going to defer my time to Governor Cuomo and his response to them. He's like, uh, you want the states to go? First of all, it's, uh, it's, I think it's not allowed by the Constitution for the states to go bankrupt. So they have to pass a bill to allow the states to do that. And he said, I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. That's a bill for that states can file bankruptcy because right now they can't, according to the law, they can't. And um, <laughs> I, I, Governor Cuomo's response to them on that was the best. So uh, the only thing I wow. can say about Mitch McConnell is when is that election? And if the people of Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky bring him back again, 
then they deserve and, they deserve and you know America will just end up deserving every single thing that we get which is the same thing that I say about absolutely. Uh, the, the president you we knew who this man was it was told to us by every politician that was out there running this race before and if they didn't know they could have asked us right here in New York because we've been dealing with him for years and we would have sent them all those articles on the Central Park Five and every other you know ridiculous thing he's done they knew who he was and they chose him anyway and they're still choosing him you know and so I Vanessa said with him his I think his claim to fame is the okie doke. You know, oh, look over here, look over here, look over here, look over here. And while everybody's looking over there, he's pulling his dirt over there. That His claim yeah. to fame is the okie doke. And if we fall for the okie doke again, then just God help us. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, with that being said, you know, I don't hesitate to make this introduction. This is the smartest man in the world, and I, I don't disagree with him. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerome Esprit. Good morning, Jerome. How are you doing this morning? Hey, good, folks. How's everybody? Yeah. Hey, Jerome. Hey, Kathleen. <laughs> hey, Vanessa. Morning. <laughs> morning. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Jerome. Yes, wow. Man, your thoughts on Mitch McConnell and saying let the states go bankrupt. Um, well, I, I just heard uh, um, Vanessa and, Kath, and Kathleen's, or I, I guess Vanessa didn't go, but I, I did just come in, and I want to say this about um, Cuomo's take on Mitch McConnell. If he does not have the smartest response to all of that nonsense that happens nationally, I don't know who does. Right? Because there was a time, and I watched Cuomo's, Vanessa pretty much started me on the Cuomo press conferences because from Houston, <laughs> I only watch Cuomo. I, I, I actually I New York great. started watching Cuomo. And I realized really quickly that Cuomo's not playing. So when, when, when you know, reporters ask him questions like um, um, to respond to Trump, like some lie that Trump said, he said, what are you guys doing? Like, that is y'all job to call him out. Don't ask me that he's lying. Y'all need to say that he's lying. So, in the bigger picture than all of this, my thing with Mitch McConnell and and Trump and all of this stuff has to do with oppression and supremacy issues. Because there is no way that the media should be ignoring half the stuff that these guys say and then coming back to say, well, I don't think he met that. Like, they're covering for these guys. This know, is a prime example. That dude should have been out of there a long time ago. And so really? now that they're all getting exposed, um, I think I think media generally is trying to cover for, for them being just flat and competent. And then the Fox Newses of the world and the Breitbart style, little nuts, they are actually affirming that whole colonizer white supremacist thing that they do normally. And nobody mm-hmm. wants to say that. And that, that's why I'm saying with Cuomo, and that's, he's just saying it. He's like, forget y'all being nice. 
You know, if you want to go do it, pass a law. Make it happen. Make it out. Not wow. Else, but. I mean, it, it's amazing to me that Mitch McConnell would give money to corporations and, you know, all, all his donors and all these large, I mean, corporations, the stock market, everything else, but he won't help the average American people out. And these clowns still put him back in office. It, it just, I, I am amazed that anybody would vote for this clown, man. Because, you know, like, like Cuomo said, he said, Kentucky's grabbing, <laughs> they're grabbing more money than anybody. You know, they, right. they, they're, they're starting the nation and grabbing money back. But, you know, he, won't, he don't want to get no money out, but he wants to take it. You yeah, know, they get wow. it's, just, it's, it's just unbelievable. That $46 we, billion. Dollars. $146 billion, Kentucky. That's how much they get. Wow. Damn. <laughs> and, they, and they're talking, and he's talking smack about letting them go bankrupt. Wow. This is this is this is unreal. It's unprecedented, and I I'm I, I'm at a loss for words. Wow, man, yeah. we I, we got I we got a phone surprised. call. So I stopped being surprised at yes. No, really, what you say now? I, I said I really stopped being surprised at them, and I, I would like yeah. our listeners at least to stop being so surprised at them. We need to we need to have a drastic change, right? And I know that makes people uncomfortable, but one of the things that we need to do in taking this time during a pandemic is to change how we consume information, to change what our actions are on a daily, to change your interactions with people, and to definitely change how you're absorbing spin and media. We need to change that, and we need to start working on it now. You can't wait till the pandemic's over and then be like, how should we change things? Change it now. Because it ain't real. Like, all of this stuff, really, and how they're delivering stuff to us, seems like something out of a doggone cartoon or bad thing that life gets. <laughs> Either one. Mm. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I think that, this that, is a good it. time for... That's it. I think this is a good time for all of us to go back and pull pull out, dust off your Gil Scott Heron album and listen to all <laughs> of what... <laughs> You can start with The Revolution Will Not Be Televised and just go all the way back. (laughs) Listen to everything about the Watergate. And then, and he also, one of his famous lines in one of his songs also was like, America's always in shock, right? So (laughs) listen, we should not, (laughs) Jerome, right before you said that, I was like, Gil Scott, man. And yep. <laughs> listen, if we go back and say, stop being shocked, even from way back then, when Nixon was doing his thing, Haldeman, Ehrlich, mm. you know, remember? Yeah. You know, yes. it's the same. It's, listen, it's just a different paintbrush. That's it. Same guys, mm. you know, reincarnate, doing their doing their thing. Same yeah. as. Wow. Different day. Wow. And that just shows that we have progressed to this part. This is not like this is something that just happened in this country. Like from going back to um, J. Edgar, uh, not J. Edgar Hoover, I'm sorry, Herbert Hoover's response after the Great Depression and them starting to unwind some of the New Deal stuff 
we have hit a point where all of that neglect of our healthcare systems, all of that um, um, disconnect from how we interact and how we look out for poor people and elderly, the, the way this virus is sweeping through senior centers, the way that people are saying, oh, I can't have contact with my, my grandmother and, and that, like those things have been widening since then. Right, mm. we needed a course change a long time ago, and it's just kind of coalescing, right? From building plants and having all of this pollution in urban areas is hitting the people who have asthma and people who have like pre pre-existing conditions because of that pollution, because of the the loosening of EPA regulation stuff. Like we are hitting mm-hmm. a point that all these things are kicking in, and so mm. we. That's why they're trying to take the pre-existing conditions out of the insurance. Right, but they cause this problem, right? So here's how this works, Vanessa. The reason that it, it, it is key now is because that virus, I don't care how rich or poor you are, that virus is going to get you. Right? <laughs> so so you, can, you, can, you can ignore all the little kids that are working at the grocery store or that guy who's going to fix your car or the person who you're going to play your lotto numbers with. Like, whatever little thing that you think, oh, this don't touch me, you're going to cross the path of somebody from your airline ticket to your um, your car wash. You're going to hit some minimum wage worker at some point that, that, that takes you out of your bubble at some point. Because wealthy people aren't, you, you know, you think about it. Somebody's going to come clean your house or cut your grass, like whatever, they're going to cross your path. And that whole concept of that's just them goes out of the, goes out of the window when you can transmit a virus um, through the air like that. So just having somebody breathe on you or talk to you. They only have to cough on you. And, and very quickly, just so that everyone knows, the the way you the way that that this can actually I guess make a little bit more sense is you think about it when it's cold outside and you breathe and you can see your breath. That just means uh-huh. that that is translating that heat energy to particles. Just because it's cold out that you can see it, but that happens <laughs> when it's warm out, just from breathing. So it's inside of those particles that that virus is spreading. So right, they said that it'll go six feet, and now they're saying it'll go to ten to twelve feet, that, depending on if the wind is blowing. Right, that, but that's so, like yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, so it's it's a floating particle. But again, if you can smell somebody's breath, you're standing way too close. Hello. Uh, but yeah. Well, depends on who it is. Cause I know some people. I can stand far away. And you can still smell it. <laughs> but that's a different story, Jerome. I I digress on that one. Um, look, look. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, look, I think I'm, I'm taking a shoulder for Jay today because you know he had a uh, he had a loss in his family. His his uh, his his, his uh, stepfather passed away. God bless Curtis Neville And uh, you know We got a caller in the queue Caller will take you after this break um, Oh my condolences and, um, Hey sorry I didn't Didn't get that part of the show Condolences Yeah today. man we got Yeah He had a, he had a loss man So yeah he's, he's talking to his youngest brother And, and you know he's, he's dealing with that right now So folks uh, we'll come back with the third set Right after this Uh God bless. We'll be right back. 
It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of the serious side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's the serious side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
welcome back to the serious side. If you are just joining us, here's what you have missed so far. Supposing we hit the body with a tremendous, uh, whether it's ultraviolet or just very powerful light, and I think you said that hasn't been checked, but you can test it. And then I said, supposing you brought the light inside the body, you can, which you can do either through the skin or uh, in some other way. And I think you said you're going to test that too. Sounds interesting. Right. And then I see the disinfectant where it knocks it out in a minute, one minute. And is there a way we can do something like that uh, by injection inside or, or almost a cleaning? Because you see it gets on the lungs and it does a tremendous number of the lungs. So it would be interesting to check that so that you're going to have to use medical doctors with. But it sounds, it sounds interesting to me. Your comments about injections of disinfectant, they're, they're quite no, provocative. I was asking a question sarcastically to reporters like you just to see what would happen. Now, disinfectant for doing this maybe on the hands would work. And I was asking the question of the gentleman who was there yesterday, Bill, because when they say that something will last three or four hours or six hours, but if the sun is out or if they use disinfectant, it goes away in less than a minute. Did you hear about this yesterday? But I was asking a sarcastic and a very sarcastic question to the reporters in the room about disinfectant on the inside. As soon as the Senate acts, McConnell turns around and says, oh, I'm not going to do it. The state should declare bankruptcy. Bail out to the blue states. Bail out to the blue states. Again, the most un-American, uncharitable, uh, uh, ugly statement of all times. Bail out New York. You're not bailing out New York. New York has bailed you out every year. It's bailed you out. Mitch McConnell is a taker, not a giver. New York is a state of givers. We put more money into the federal pot every year. We're the number one state in donating to the federal pot. Number one. Kentucky is the number three state in taking from the federal pot. They take out more from the federal pot than they put in. Every year, every year. So they were little, we were putting money into the pot, they were taking our dollars out of the pot. And now he wants to look at New York and say, we're bailing you out? You're bailing us out. Just give me my money back, Senator. Just give me my money back. All right, folks, we're back for the third Saturday Day Raw show. And we never do the show alone. And to me, we got some of the best in the biz. And I'm just going to introduce them to you. First up, we got my sister, my girl, my love, Vanessa. How you doing this morning, Vanessa? Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And my sorority sister, my love, my heart. Good morning, Kathleen. How you doing? Good morning, Mr. Elias. I'm good. Good morning, Frat. <laughs> and Hi, my everybody. brother from another <laughs> and my brother from another mother, Mr. Jerome is free. This man is like a brother to me. Good morning, Jerome. How you doing? Uh, hey, I'm good sorry. morning. I'm good. Florida, man. 
the smartest man in the world for Rome is free. Thank you. Thanks for the honorary title. I thank you. <laughs> and I have learned time, just to just to take it and to say thank you. That's what I learned. There you go. There you go. And at this and at this time, Jay was facing me, Mr. Elias. Uh, you know, uh, who do we have in the chat room with us? And I would say we got my man Kavina man, and we got the two followers of Trump, uh, Easy and Kavina man. Anyway, and then he would say, well, will we have anything in the chat room to read? I'd be like, yes, we do. And it's like, Corvina Man said, news report says that there's an increase in calls to the poison center. And then he said, people on Fox News are promoting Trump's cure pills, but now they're quiet on the Clorox Kool-Aid bleach. Uh, Kool-Aid. He said, I'm just waiting for Sean Hattie to do a Clorox mouthwash demo just to try to prove Trump is brilliant. <laughs> Wow. That <laughs> and then Jay sent me a text from Pastor Stephen F. Jones. It said, like Kathleen and Vanessa said at the top of this broadcast, I too was heartbroken to hear Jay's heartfelt tribute uh, to a man that he called that he affectionately called Pops. May God grace mercy, grace and mercy heal him and his family at this most difficult time. I look forward to hearing. Uh, words of inspiration from Minister Williams. And then he said, Kevin from Flint, Michigan, says condolences to your host and his family. Marilyn from Knoxville, Tennessee, said, God bless Jane and his family. This is my first time contacting the show, but I will. I have listened to you guys for years. You guys are the best. Thank you, Marilyn. Uh, so, <laughs> wow, we're going into the third set of this, but before we go into the third set, we got a guy from Cleveland called this guy Scott. And let, let me inform everybody, he's a 55-year-old white man who's the question, why do blacks hate Trump? Is this a legit, uh, is this a, is this, is it, is it uh, legit? So, Scott, good morning. How are you doing this morning, sir? Good, good. How are you guys doing? All right. So, my question, question? Uh, you, essentially, you, you've already... You've already written it, but I'll say what most people that fit in my demographic already think is that in general, I'm speaking in generalities here, so take it with a grain of salt, but it's been my experience that most black people don't like Trump, and and the disfavor they have for Trump is is irrational. It's under this is where this is where folks underestimate the Trump voter. We know he's a jerk. Yeah, that, that, no kidding. That's obvious, right? We know he's a jerk. Anybody who pretends he's anything different than a jerk is lying or stupid themselves. So we get it. We, but he was still elected president of our country. And you point to something that he's done that's racist. Other than what you okay. hear on, on, the, on MSNBC or CNN, you know, all, all that BS... Which, which one of your guests earlier, I found this really interesting. Now he thinks that we need to question the motives of the press. Now, his timing is dubious. The, the entire eight years Obama was president, you weren't allowed to say anything to the press. Why? Because they were they're pro, you know, pro Obama, pro Democrat. But back to my question, there is a racial, racist slant in this whole dialogue today and in general. 
in general, black people don't like Trump. You know, Trump Trump gets no quarter. He asks no quarter either. He's a racist. Let's call it what it is. Uh, I, I guarantee you that the Central Park Five would say he was racist. I guarantee you the people that he didn't let come into his building because they were black would say he was racist. I would say the people in Charlottesville would call him racist. Do you need me to keep going? Do you need me to really keep going with this? Are you quiet now? Oh, no. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I mean, if he's done, I can go. I mean, I think, he, I think he's kind of addressing... I think he's kind of addressing yeah. something that I said. Um, yeah, I mean, the Central Park Five would definitely say he was racist. Because even after they were proven innocent, he still said they should have died. Charlottesville, right. they would be, they would, they would claim no, the same let, thing. So let's move on. No, no, let, let me go ahead, Jerome. Go let ahead. me put this in a, in a tone that he can actually hear, right? Because obviously you have, you feel some kind of bias about what we're saying, right? And, um, what, we're, what I was saying when it comes to media, they are covering for Trump. I didn't say that, the, that they were racist. I said that's what white supremacy and that's what oppression does, right? Everybody's thinking along the same path. They can't think outside the box. People are programmed to think a certain way, right? And so whether the press is going to be liberal or conservative is not my concern in the bigger picture. It is how it's projecting the mistakes that they perceive are the things that they're perceiving as mistakes that are rooted in racism. So if you don't want to take in consideration even Trump's father's relationship to the Klan and how he treated his residents, like you're talking to people from New York now, so I'm going to tell you this, for how he treated the people who lived in his buildings, how he treated the, the public housing folks in Atlantic City, when he had his casino there, and his father owned a public housing complex that had, they made like a million dollars a month. So if you want to tread, there's a lot of things online. We won't waste our listeners' time with this nonsense. But if you want to go back and do your own research about why black people don't, um, don't particularly care for Trump, you need to go check all of the things that he's actually said that was pertaining to black people. Putting a, a full-page ad out. For the Central Park Five, even when they was exonerated, saying that they still should go to jail, is a racist policy of oppression, right? So don't call, don't call in here trying to seem like you're rational, like we are being irrational, right? We are pragmatic, and so the issue is we give a lot of people a chance, you know. So when you see people like Paula Dean and all those fools on Dancing with the Stars, and you act as if you are the standard bearing and that you're a better thinker than the rest of us, you got nothing coming and you have called into the wrong show. So if you want to listen, go back and listen in the archives and see why we're saying what we're saying because it just did not come out of nowhere like we were irrational. Right? That's what you would like, like to believe Donald that Trump this is an emotional response. Nobody's being emotional in this. You can't see it because you're a part of the problem. Your blinders are a part of the same problem that creates nuts like Trump in which some white folks call, I'm quoting Chelsea Handler in this, when they call them pricks, I actually know what that means now. As a black person, I didn't know what that was mean. <laughs> I, I really didn't. So, wow. so when you have, yeah. like, little, little boys challenging their parents and stuff for nonsense or really spoiled white kids doing stuff, I didn't know what that meant. I know what it means now because you have rational people like Dr. Um, um, Falsey and all these other people 
bowing down to the guy who's telling you to to use a disinfectant inside your body. See, black people we wow. use Clorox. You know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. wash this with Clorox. Right? We know yeah. how to disinfect. <laughs> Everybody in our community knows not to put that stuff in your mouth. You got some dude irresponsible who's supposed to be the president doing a pandemic telling you something and then says, I'm joking. Nobody thinks that that's fundamentally him being a jerk. His ass is dangerous. Yes. Killing people. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. All right, I'm done. Okay, me too. All right, let's move on to the third. Jack Um. Yeah. (laughs) Hmm. Um, I know that your husband is in the process of considering a running mate. Well, then I have a suggestion. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is just off the top of my head. Maybe former First Lady Michelle Obama? <laughs> you know, I'd love it if Michelle would agree to it. But, I, you know, I think she's had it with politics. I don't know. She's so good at everything she does. That, hmm. would, that would be wonderful. Well, you know, with that being said, you know, on the first, I, amen, I would love to have Michelle Obama as a vice president, but I'd have to agree with Jill, with Jill Biden and say, man, Michelle's probably fed up with politics, she don't want nothing to do with it. You know, Jerome, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that they're a little bit expert. more thoughtful than that, like um, President Obama and Michelle Obama. She's not going to take the spotlight away from Jill Biden. They all like each other. So they're already a resource and already an ally. They will act as vice president and, and first lady anyway, you know what I mean, to a Biden administration. They're going to support them. So they don't have to do nothing in name and title. They're going to get the president, the Freedom Award and all that stuff anyway. So they are going to be there. So I think those are glamour. That's a glamour thing. We'd like to see it as an image, but I don't think that it's necessary. Hmm. Yeah. Kathleen, your thoughts? I really don't want to see Michelle Obama as the vice president to Joe Biden. You know, I I don't. I think that she has an incredible platform doing what she's doing. I think she was an incredible first lady. I think, you know, yes, she would be, I I believe, she's she's a brilliant woman. She's absolutely trained for it. She's a, a, you know, spectacularly trained attorney. I know that she could do the job, but I think that she did her, I think she did her eight years in the White House. She set a high, high, high standard for the role of First Lady, and now she has an opportunity to impact the world in a lot of other ways. Um, So now going into the office of the Vice Presidency, just her family and her in a light where the media can now start to attack and destroy and stress that family out beyond imagination. And I just don't think it's necessary for her to, there's nothing for her to prove. I don't think it's necessary for her to do that at this point. And I think that there are other people that can step into that role and give her the opportunity to just soar in other ways. We need, I think, as a black community, we need our leaders spread out in all different places. 
And I don't think just because she would be fantastic at it that we should push for her to be in that role. Personally, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. But, but, but I say your thoughts. I totally agree with both. I think that I personally do not want, uh, I just want the Obama family to stay behind the scenes and support Biden uh, and his VP. I think that they have given us eight years of their life growing up their children in the limelight and their children came out with no derogatory things being said or done about them. And unlike the Bush children, And I think that they should watch their children grow up and enjoy their new house that they have at Martha's Vineyard and enjoy their life. And and Michelle is doing fine, writing books and going out and and speaking and going to colleges. Just enjoy their life and enjoy their children. Be in the background. Okay. And Vanessa, let me push you a little bit further. I know on on the uh, thread that we're on, you were talking about – uh, a woman vice president And uh, You want to expound on that As far as uh, who you were talking about Well Because um, I'm on The views page And I'm on um, Como's page and, and I'm talking about his brother Chris <laughs> I'm on a lot of different pages that I follow And I was talking about That I liked Amy Kobashaw And I liked um Stacey Abrams, and people were saying that they thought that it was racial that we would want a black person as a VP, and my response to that was, it doesn't have to be a black person to me as a VP, because he already said that if he gets to pick somebody at the Supreme Court, that he were to pick a black woman on the Supreme Court, so this was a fight on my page. And I think it was tied into somebody else's page that I tagged, so that's probably how you saw it. But I, I don't necessarily believe that it needs to be a black woman as his VP because he's already said that he put a black woman on the Supreme Court. So hmm. it, I don't care who it is. I mean, it could be Amy. I like her. I like. I did not like Kamala Harris. I did not. But I think that she's coming into her own and stepping into being out, uh, trying to get people's credit reports, not to be jacked up because they're not getting any income and they don't want the government to allow them to put on their credit report. She is fighting with them about bar, um, trying to get uh, pre-existing conditions taken out. So I think that Kamala Harris is coming into her own with what she is doing. And so I've been fighting on my page about that. People don't necessarily like what I say, but I, you know, I don't care. I tell them all what I think. So <laughs> that's what you probably saw on my page. Mm, okay. Well, Kathleen, if, if not Michelle Obama, who? Who, who would you back? Well, well once, you know, I, 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 I like what um, Vanessa is saying also, but I, the one thing I wanted to add is I don't think Obamas will ever be in the background of anything. And so if, if Biden were to pick Michelle Obama, the ticket, the ticket might say Biden-Obama, but it would still be Obama-Obama, you know, Biden somewhere. <laughs> so I mean, they will, I, they, there's just no way. If you're walking with that name now, you're not going to be in the background. You just can't. Um, and if not, uh, if not Michelle Obama, then who? 
I actually, yeah. you know, am I squeezed into the box to say that it needs to be, okay, this is going to be very controversial. I don't think that Well, by all means. I don't think anything has to be a, uh, oh, 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 one thing I wanted to respond to Vanessa as well. Um, when people are saying to her it's racist for us, anyone to suggest that the vice president needs to be a black person. And I'm like, really? Do you really want to go there? Seriously, we had one black man in the White House in one of those positions. One time, not in a vice presidency, one time. And look at what happened to the world after it. Because, oh my God, a black person (laughs) broke the veil and stepped into the White House. You know, in the presidency, right? So now you're going to, it's racist to think that a black we should suggest that a black person take the vice presidency when for how many years since the foundation of this country everyone that has been in that position has been white and male come on now mm. i don't get it okay so I, I just had to put that out there they need to just quiet that right now but if you say not michelle obama then who it was Joe Biden who said that he was selecting a woman. Do I think that's a problem? Absolutely not. I am all for a woman as president and or vice president, Supreme Court justices, yeah. women on the bench, everything. But I think that Cuomo actually would be the best pick for a vice president. Me, personally, right now. I know he said he wouldn't I go there. I know, he said, I know he said he wouldn't do it. But I'm just looking at who showed up, how they're showing up, and who's out here available. And that's who I think would be the best selection right now. And I have some issues with Cuomo, you know, but I just think that with what he's done with this coronavirus, the presence that he has, I just think that that would be the best pick. If not him, I think I would go with Warren. You're listening. Oh. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, wow. <laughs> J- Jerome, if, if not Michelle Obama, then who? Well, I mean, I know I've said this a billion times, but Keisha. I can tell you that I I think that um, with the whole marketing of the vice president part, and I know that's all we have to talk about, and I watched some programs this morning that actually kind of went through the same thing, and people throw out folks' names and their trying to get on that list but um, I think it'll be a mistake for Amy Klobuchar or Elizabeth Warren or any of those guys it's not going to be enthusiastic to anybody of color who need to come out if those guys were there and the reason it's like it would be like putting Bernie Sanders there as well you need someone who can relate Joe Biden can but Joe Biden can't you know, it, it, we should not put the burden on him as a candidate thinking that he got black people unlocked. I think that's where Hillary made her mistake and um, mm-hmm. didn't work out, right? Democrats not be smart again and try this, but it is always, um, you know, risky to try to pick somebody because you think you have black people unlocked. I think you really have to think outside of mainstream and take go off of the rails and I think that this that would be smart so I said all of that to say 
that my pick is who it's always been. And I think it's still going to be Atlanta's mayor um, because she she's, was early surrogate. She's sharp. Um, and um, I think it will throw a monkey wrench in that whole thing of, you know, we have to pick out of this pool of people. It'll take it'll take out of that, so it'll be just enough of a shock to that system to make a long enough news story so that she can go in and even in debates eat somebody up like Mike Pence. She'll, you know what I mean? So I think it'll be just yeah. enough outside of mainstream that gives him this. I'm not a status. Uh, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, whatever bear status quo. Yeah, you, they, they, he's just not holding it down for the old boy network. He went outside mm-hmm. of the Beltway and got somebody, and I think her, I think she would be a great pick outside of the hmm. Beltway. I agree hmm. with you, Jerome. I agree with you. I've, I've been watching her, and she is very sharp, man. Yeah. You know, wow. You know, I've watched her press conferences a couple of times, and like, wow, she is very. She's a very sharp woman. She is. You know, and, yeah. and for that governor. You know, on the side, you know, for that governor to open up Atlanta like it was at Georgia like he did, that was just that was just totally ridiculous. Can't understand um, how people are gonna fall for that one. You know, I'm reading in the chat room where these people are saying, There's not enough sick people in my hospital but there are people dying. You gotta have proof that six over fifty thousand Americans died from the coronavirus. These, this is this is what America's about, mammy. They are yeah. some idiots out here. No, they no, are but idiots it, out here. It's what our problem is in America, right? Our compassion sucks when it comes down to relating to someone else's empathy and, and mm-hmm. having compassion is not a strong American trait. We will start about anybody if, if they don't look like us or anybody who we feel like is outside of the mainstream. We will mm-hmm. snuff, you know, just totally disregard them. It's an American trait, and that's why I was saying in the earlier segment that we need to take this time to rethink how we are assessing how um, how we're dealing with people, because Americans' humanity kind of sucks when it comes down to that stuff. If it ain't somebody who I know, then technically I don't have compassion for them. That's, that's silly, and it's sad. Like, oh, really quickly, yes, I did want to say, just like did you see the protesters that was protesting in front of a hospital? Like, yeah. Like, people sick are going to the hospital. The hospital workers mm-hmm. are putting their life at jeopardy, and these fools are protesting. Now, if that was black people doing that, they would have the National Guard out. You cannot block a yeah. hospital. So why are you blocking about, sick people from getting from getting help? You should be protesting. If you're protesting your government, go to City Hall, go to the Capitol, Go to the governor's mansion, but you do not block a hospital, essential services. And I cannot believe they didn't roll out police and riot gear and gas masks to get those fools out of there. Now, that is yeah. the problem. Did you see the nurses that were standing there during that I know, protest it's in front of the hospital with masks on, and they weren't saying a word because they were trying to prove a point that... We are in there working, and we are the silent people that's in there working, and we're not in there protesting. Think about us. There was nurses lined up. They do 12-hour shifts, and they took their day off and put on masks and stood outside of the hospital with the protest people in their face, did not say a word, and had on masks like 
I'm the one that's working in the hospital that's putting my life on the line. And y'all want to protest about opening up the businesses? So they interviewed one of them later on on MSNBC or CNN, one of them. And I thought it was just interesting that they took their day off to do that move point. Mm. They're awesome. Thank you, people who are in that industry, who are in the healthcare industry. Thank you. Wow. Well, real, real quick, folks, before we go to Jerome's segment, we got uh, a caller from Philly, Burt. He wants to make a comment about the VP selection. Bert, yeah, it's on you. Good yep. morning, Bert. Good morning. How are you? Everything good? All right, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just going to make two quick points, okay? This vice, mm-hmm. The vice president, the vice president, you know, selection from Biden, I tell you straight up. Man, get Ob- get Obama back in there, man. Just get Obama back in there. Everything will be fine, man. You know, <laughs> by Obama or Michelle, and everything will be fine. You know, let them let them play a part. You know, they did it with the Clintons. You know, when Hillary Clinton and uh, what Secretary of State, of course, Bill Clinton was in there. Just do it again. That's number one. Okay, number two. You see this coronavirus thing, right? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling they they controlling they controlling the weather. They control on the weather. You remember, that, you remember two years ago with the G20 summit, uh, the G20 summit when they was talking about climate control. Nobody yep. really paid attention to that. You understand? Yeah. With mm-hmm. China, Russia, and stuff like that. So now, so now they, we didn't see there's a smoke screen. So now you know that the the, the, the virus cannot live in the hot weather. You have to be born in in cold weather. They're doing all the things, all of that in Alaska. They're controlling using HOP. That's what's doing everything with the 5G HOP. Yeah. Alaska is a fallen yeah. state. Nobody forget about that. Everybody forget about that. Those, the mad scientists, the, 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 the scientists who's terrorists, they out there. They out there. Nobody yeah. focus, everybody's focusing on each other, but they don't focus about that little state called Alaska over there where they have the high frequency of the antennas over there. They've been doing that for years. They, be, they use it. They use yeah. it because the, you know the North Star, the, the Polaris. They get the magnetism to control anything they could send right back into the Earth. That's the okay. only thing. Well, that's the only thing I want to do. One is this here. I well, Bert, we thank you for your call, man, and it was interesting what you said. And uh, thank you, sir. And and no I always call back in. Mm-hmm. All right, anytime, man. All right, folks. Now we're gonna go to a break after that, and then right after that. We got the smartest man in the world, Jerome Spree, with, you know, what he does. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Up Equity. Up Equity is an Austin-based mortgage company that puts their money where their mouth is. If Up Equity can't get your mortgage closed on time, they will step in and purchase the home with their cash. Learn more at upequity.com. Countries around the world debate the path to take when it comes to reopening their economies. The French government is preparing to unveil details Tuesday. The Prime Minister is to address the National Assembly on France's strategy. In Spain, kids under age 14 were allowed outside today, a day after the Prime Minister laid out a wider plan to loosen the country's lockdown. To India, where Prime Minister Narendra Modi is warning against complacency. He delivered a radio address today appealing to Indians to comply with the nationwide lockdown and maintain social distancing. The government has eased restrictions somewhat, allowing small shops to reopen and manufacturing and farming activities to resume in rural areas. One of the things Belgians are being asked to do during their coronavirus lockdown is to consume more domestic agricultural products to help keep farmers afloat. 
Gary Schultz reports the potato industry is the latest to launch such a plea. Belgians love their frites, but the National Potato Producer Organization, Belgapom, wants them to love fries just a bit more to help reduce the 750,000 tons of potatoes that have gone unsold because of the month-long lockdown that will continue until June for restaurants. Roman Kuhl, Belgapom Secretary General, is appealing to citizens' sense of solidarity. Belgians have a tradition to eat fries once a week. It would be helpful if Belgians during the corona crisis would eat twice a week. Kuhl says people are pledging to do their part for the potato value chain. He says 25 tons of potatoes per week will also be delivered to food banks to help offset the decreased amount of donations. For NPR News, I'm Terry Schultz in Brussels. And I'm Giles Snyder in Washington. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Walden University. Are you looking to create change in your community? A doctoral degree from Walden can help you release your greatness and make a bigger impact on a local, national, or global scale. Become more. Visit waldenu.edu slash doc. Folks, we're you know we're back, and um, we're what we're going to do right now is let our very dear sister uh, Kathleen Williams come in, and uh, I should say Minister Kathleen Williams come in and say a prayer for uh, Jay and his family. So Kathleen, um, please do what you do, darling. Thank you. Absolutely. Tell me Jay's uh, dad's name. His name is Curtis Neville Senior. Okay. All right. If every, you know, everybody just take an opportunity, just take a moment to quiet your spirit, quiet your heart, and just um, focus on love and focus on God. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are coming to you this morning, Lord God, of one heart, one mind, Lord God, to lift up prayers for Curtis Neville Sr. and his entire family, Lord God. We are praying also, Lord God, for Jay Ryle, the host and founder and creator of this show, knowing that it came through the Holy Spirit to him to bring to the world. But Father God, in the name of Jesus, we also know that Curtis Neville Sr. had everything to do with what's inspired through Jay and through the entire family. So, Lord God, right now, in the name of Jesus, we are asking that your Holy Spirit comfort Jay and the entire family, Jay's daughters, everyone surrounding the Neville family, Lord God. We ask that the Spirit of God give them the peace that passes all understanding, that will keep their hearts, Lord God, and their minds through Christ Jesus. Lord God, we love them so much. And just move in us, Lord God, to surround them, Father, with a coat of love, of harmony, of peace, and of comfort during their time of need. And, Lord God, we ask that you would be with Curtis Neville Sr. in his transition to glory and going from glory to glory, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for the incredible life that he leads, he led we thank you for the love that he bestowed on his family and on everyone that came in contact with him. Lord God, we thank you for the, that he was such a stoic man 
a man of integrity and a man of honor. I'm getting this through the Holy Spirit right now. A man of integrity, a man of honor, and a man of principle, and a man who loved his family more than any one of us could imagine or even hope for. So thank you, Lord God, for his legacy, that his legacy will continue even through this show it continues, that it continues through every member of his family, and that, Lord God, when they celebrate his life, Father, that they see all the glory, all the grace, all the mercy, all the love, and all the beauty that he deposited in them, and they are able to celebrate it with joy and happiness. We know that weeping comes but for a night, but Lord God, joy comes in the morning. So we thank you again for Curtis Neville Sr., and we thank you for blessing the family keeping them always, Lord God, and continuing to answer their every prayer and fulfilling their every dream. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, dear Lord. Amen and amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And folks, with with that being said, it's time to move on to our segment, my my favorite shows, my part of the shows on a need to know basis. The first lady dazzles on election night in a. Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, with that being said, it's time to move on to the next segment of our show. My favorite part of the show, on a need-to-know basis, with our very own Jerome Mispree. Jerome, what do you have for us, sir? All right. Well, it is hard to get started after a prayer like that, so I want to say peace and (laughs) blessings and much love and light to um, Jay Rouse, to the family, and um, to everyone who's hurting. I actually had a friend whose mother passed as well um, last week, so... Um, you know, my blessings are with love and light for all of us, man. So everybody, you know, a lot of people are in mourning. And um, I want yeah. to simply point out, Jay, you know, you know me. It's called me 24-7. My phone is always, my, my door is always open, man. So if you need anything, just say it. Um, you know, our, our first story, U.S. crude prices, crude oil prices, Plunged 20% to below $15. It's lowest since 1999. Yeah. Um, you went into the negative, Jerome. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, well, that not the prices, but the uh, uh, actually cost for producing oil went to a negative $37. <laughs> so which meant wow. that they would actually have to pay somebody to take oil from them. Take the oil, yeah. 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 Wow. Hey, I'm waiting, to, I'm waiting for oil to get to be 50 cents. I'm gonna see if that's gonna happen, cause I I'm, I don't think I ever remember seeing that. So if you can get fifty cents a gallon, people are gonna get laid off, Jerome. Yeah, I, well, no, he's saying at the pump, but not the fifty cents a gallon, pump. fifty cents for the pump. At the I pump. know, but what I'm trying to get Jerome to understand is I don't want it to get that cheap because well, they, they never let it get that cheap because you, you have know, to. We're all confident it's gonna lay off. Well, I, here's here's what's gonna happen. I think is that once. Um, once we get back up and rolling, those gas prices are going to shoot up out of the sky. And, you know, the problem with oil and pulling oil out of the ground is that 
once you stop, it's hard to restart those plants. And our reserves are getting full. So um, everywhere that they stand, store oil, like even on, on tankers, um, this is a good investment for anybody. If you want to, if you can invest in oil futures, it is near dirt now. But I guarantee in about a year, that oil price is going to be right back at 50 bucks a barrel. So if they're negative now, you can just hold out. But yeah, they, they'll, they'll probably get, you know, um, um, not, I wouldn't say laid off, but they'll probably get that, the, um, I forgot, deferment or whatever it's called. They'll probably get, yeah, they'll probably I love you, Jerome, but you've yeah. already stepped into my territory. My daughter works <laughs> at an oil company. My brother-in-law works at Shell. Houston is oil, and they have laid off. My brother-in-law works one week, and the next week he's up and doesn't get a paycheck. My daughter's job laid off 25% of the staff. So it's yeah. not, it, this happened before the virus because yeah. the oil prices were lowering. So I don't pray that nobody, this oil don't get any cheaper because it's too many layoffs in Houston. It's already going on. So no, no, and that, you know, I have family in Houston, in Houston and some that work for um, refineries. So I'm not, I'm definitely don't want layoffs. I, I know that the reserves are full is all I'm saying. So the the process for refining oil when you actually can't put it anywhere is a whole other thing. So they need the country to, you know, shouldn't say want to burn gas, but wherever they're going to ship gas um, is, is the, another issue, right? So until it turns a corner, I'm, I, I think it's just going to pick back up. I think that we don't learn lessons for like conserving energy generally and you know in a month or so it's gonna it's gonna kind of tick itself back up so we have a lot of measures that we should be you know imploring like when you look at canada giving their citizens like two thousand dollars a month like we we have things that we need to do to make sure that we're not starving out in this country but at the same time you know again oil is one of those things i think we're oil dependent like it's not that it's going to go away so i don't want it to be out long but i i know that it's um it, it's the industry i think will that will bounce back hopefully it will bounce back um or we'll figure out a way to you know transition that into something else but our oil reserves are full is where it was the more of that story all right now um a new mobility tool from apple and showing people living in America's hardest-hit um, coronavirus cities have all but stopped using public transit. Again, oil, airlines, oil, you know. Um, they said that they're walking um, far less and are even driving less through an outbreak. So people are not moving around as much, which is causing, um, which is causing our oil crisis to some degree. But... It's a very different oil crisis than our oil being $8 a gallon. That's a whole nother story. Um, now, up to 2 billion mobile phone users around the world will be unable to use Google and Apple's contact tracing app to track whether they've come into contact with somebody with coronavirus. According to experts, 2 billion phone users could miss out on the, the contact tracing app that's being developed by Google and Apple because their devices don't feature the required Bluetooth um, um, connectivity chips. So if you don't have your Bluetooth on, nobody will be able to track you. 
and see where you were. So they need to bring it to her. Not saying that you should do that or not. Just, I'm just reporting the news. Now, car crashes in California dropped 50% after shelter-in-place orders, saving taxpayers $40 million a day. Now, a UC Davis survey looked at data um, from when the state home order went into effect and compared it to similar periods in 2019, and collisions fell from 1,228 to 450 over a 22-day period. Um, if Now, we did talk about, you know, what was going on in Georgia and their governor's response. They don't stop them from driving yeah. fast, though, Jamal. Say it again. These clowns are it don't stop these clowns from driving fast because these clowns are out here driving like idiots, man. Oh, yeah. Now, like, I did see a couple of news stories about people thinking that um, since the highways are not as crowded that they some people have been going, you know, over 100 miles an hour on some of them. So police mm-hmm. are in different parts of the country because people are crazy. That's all I have to yes. say. They... They think everything is a opportunity for them to get over on something, right? So since nobody's there, let me just do, let me just wild out, knowing that yeah. they'll still have to go to the hospital, you know, yeah. they get in a car accident. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Atlanta Mayor Lisa Lance Bottoms, she uh, she said, if you're getting your nails done, um, show your manicures the death numbers. Uh, is what she said in a message to people who are taking advantage of that relaxed lockdown restrictions by um, Florida's, uh, sorry, by Georgia's governor. In her latest tweet, um, her latest stay-at-home message on Saturday noted that in 24 hours, Georgia coronavirus cases increased from um, 22,147 to 22,695. Their numbers are going up in their relaxing measures. Wow. wow. That's what wow. I don't understand. I can't understand it. And how many hours did you say, Jerome? In, in, in 24 hours. Oh, my goodness. Now, now, here's the irony of that. It went up more than New York New York State's numbers. New York State's numbers is like just below 500. Like new cases was four-something the other day. So we've been going down pretty much. Atlanta, Georgia's numbers have gone up by at least like six, seven hundred a day. And ours is going down. We're we're below five hundred. Wow. Wow. And they're opening up. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, man. Yep. And although wow. he did just mention um um Atlanta's mayor, she did go on T V and they asked her about the vice president um position and she said um regardless of who is Pick VP, it should be somebody who is going to add to the ticket to beat, um, I was going to call him a name, but she didn't call him a name. That was just going to be me. To, to win the race is what she said. I don't, need to, I, I don't want anybody taking her out of the race because I misquoted her. But she is smart and sharp. But anyway, I'll let, I'll let you guys mm-hmm. set up. Don't, don't quote me. That was my wow. Now, uh, former President Barack Obama further endorsed uh, Vice President Joe Biden for president ahead of the 2020 election. On Saturday, yesterday, um, President Obama tweeted a new campaign video from the Biden campaign that criticizes Trump's uh, COVID-19 response. Um, 
um, Vice President Biden says maybe this crisis will help us see how much our broken um, politics have cost us. And he returns to Trump. And Obama said Biden has the character and experience to guide Americans out of the coronavirus outbreak. He also implied Trump wasn't empathetic and decisive. He didn't have to imply that. I'll say it. He's not empathetic. Everybody knows it. And he's divisive. (laughs) No. And he's crazy for that guy who called who who called in earlier. Who ought to make it look like black people just don't like him? Why why don't we like him? Because he's racist. Yeah. Right. And he's crazy. So so West Point. Time for two two more, my brother. Two more. Ah. Okay. So West Point is bringing back one thousand cadets because Trump wants them to come back for a June 13th commencement speech. So what? they'll be tested for the coronavirus, isolated for 14 yeah. days. <laughs> the cadets have been taking classes remotely since leaving West Point campuses, which is located in New York State. Um, when when spring break started, began on March 6th, they are, they're gone. But oh. Trump wants them to come back in June so he can give a speech to them. <laughs> Nurse, like, nuts is all I want to really? say. You ain't kidding. Wow. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. um, yeah, human human exploitation of wildlife and their habits is directly to blame for the increase in the spread of viruses amongst animals to humans, according to a new study from the researchers from UC Davis um, School of Veterinary Medicine and others studied that links between the rise of infectious diseases diseases and environmental change. So we are contributing it with experiments. And just like the brother who just called in a little earlier, we do still put chemtrails in the air while we have a virus going on. So Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. Well, yeah. Man, with, that, with that being said, wow. I know I didn't leave on a good news story, did I? <laughs> that now, but hey, wow. That 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 says it all. With that yep. being said, it's time for our final thoughts. You know, wow, that, that is just crazy. Wow. <laughs> and with our final thoughts, ladies are first. Uh, Vanessa, you're up first. Oh, where do I start? Okay. I continue to pray for this country. I have to lay hands and say a prayer for 45 because. He just doesn't have good sense. And you know I don't like to call his name, really. And I pray for the people that are losing their jobs. And some people hold, are going to lose houses and cars because some of these companies are not going to open back up. So, Father God, I'm asking you to touch those people because their income is going to fade away. They're not, they're not always that income. I pray for Jay and his family and traveling mercy and traveling grace back home to prepare for his father's funeral and to take his children with him that will probably be devastated to see this happen. I pray that we as a group and as a blog talk Jay Ryle family that are here on this phone today, and thank God that Miss Kathleen is being healed, Father, in your name. And please keep your hands on the rest of us so that we possibly cannot catch this virus. 
thank those of you who are listening to us every Sunday morning. And y'all be blessed as all of our different states are opening back up. But if you can stay home, stay home in Jesus' name. Y'all have a good week. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, we got five seconds left before we are off the air. So, Kathleen, you're up. Amen and amen. Um, you know, again, just condolences to Jay. Um, we love you so much, and we are sending you our, uh, you know, our prayers and blessings with you as you uh, through this time of mourning. Lean on us if you need anything, and um, and then I defer any other time I might have to Jerome and you. No, Jerome. <laughs> yep, I just I just want to send my my condolences and blessings to uh, to Jay and his family, and um, you know I'll see you guys again next week, and I defer the rest of that to Elias. He hasn't spoken much today, so we'll give it all to him, Kathleen. Well, Elias, you know what, man? You know, <laughs> Curtis Neville Senior was hey look, he was a he was a good dude to me. Uh, Whenever Jay came home, we would go to Curtis's house and have tacos and a water gun fight. That was just the annual thing we did. We'd run around the house and shoot each other with water pistols and water guns. And, you know, Curtis would just sit there and have a, just a, a, a great time looking at us and laughing. You know, he was always the one that gives me an encouraging word. I went to go see him and about a month or two ago when he was in the hospital just to, just to tell him I loved him and, you know, let him know that I was there in case he needed something. So, you know, Curtis, man, you you be missed, man, because you are a good brother. And um, man, it's it's hard to understand, to 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 really realize what 2020 is ravishing it and doing to us. But you know, I'm praying for the family. And Jay, you know, I'm there. I love you, Sean. I love you. You know, Jason, I I love you. And Curtis, I love you guys. So, hey, look. With that being said, let's let's get out of here. Mm. Wow. Jerome, Sir. if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it for, my friend? All right. I was going to defer this to Kathleen, but I guess it's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowell show. <laughs> <laughs> so let her do it. She needs another voice. Yes. Kathleen, what time is it for? It's a serious side of the Jay show. <laughs> All right. All right, folks, we'll see you next week for Kathleen, for Jay Wow, for Jerome is free, and for the lovely Vanessa, we bid you adieu and say thank you, folks, and we love you. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.